welcome to another message presented by the ministry of Christian Faith Fellowship. We are fulfilling the call of God on this ministry to preach the Word of God without compromise, raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that we have to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Kathy, Joe asked me to share with you about uh, some things about about prayer and how prayer uh, has to be prayed very fiercely in this day and time. We're living in the devil's backyard, and polite praying of former centuries, uh, decades, is not going to cut it. And uh, because hell has got a lot of help in our generation to enforce uh, its agenda. And that's why the church cannot be complacent or cowardly. If you'll look over in Luke 18, 1, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quote it sort of here to you. But if you'll go look at it, especially in the Amplified Bible, it, it talks about how uh, you're not supposed to pray um, as a coward. You're not supposed to be a beggar. You know, that's one thing Pastor Dean Garner taught us was that, and Brother Osteen would always holler out, we're not beggars, we're believers, you know? And so you can't pray like you're a beggar. You have to pray like Terry has taught for all these years that, you know, we didn't have a lot of teaching of, on that uh, we, in, in Pentecostal era where I grew up in denominational churches. They didn't teach you anything about spiritual authority and that our prayers were to be nearly uh, hoping and a begging and a praying, you know. Uh, I heard Pentecostal people say over and over, we're just a hoping and a praying. Oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> you know, that's not going to get anything done. Hell hates you. They, their whole agenda is kill, steal, destroy, take no prisoners. That's hell's agenda. And you've got to teach your children that from a very small age, that hell hates you, darling, and they don't want you to have anything. And that's why Paul uses language in Romans chapter 12. He says, I beseech you, brethren. In other words, I'm begging you. Renew your mind to the Word of God and stop thinking like the world thinks because you're in a war. God's passing out armor. He's given you the name of Jesus. He's given you the blood. He's given you the nine gifts of the Spirit, the nine fruit of the Spirit. He's given you the eternal Word of God that will never change. And He has told you to put it in your mouth and use it like a sword. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. Christianity can no longer be passive. Uh, we can still be kind, caring, compassionate, forgiving, loving uh, New Testament believers. But our prayers have got to take on the persona of Old Testament warriors. I mean, this is not for the faint of heart. Let me just read this to you real quickly in Luke 18.1. Uh, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. <laughs> um, Luke 18.1 says, it says, wait a minute, is that right? Men ought always to pray, or people ought always to pray. Jesus told them a parable, and it said that the Amplified says, men ought, or people ought to pray to not turn coward, faint, lose heart, or give up. That's the Amplified. So, when praying should not be 
um, an atmosphere of I'm going to pray one time and, and if it doesn't happen, I'm going to give up. You know, well, if it doesn't come to pass, well, if it doesn't work, well, what am I going to... I had a young teenage girl in my church one time trying to get into a certain college, and, and I, we were agreeing with her and praying. She said, well, what, if I, what do I do if it doesn't give up, if, if it doesn't happen? And I, and I just turned around and asked her, I said, yeah, well, what are you going to do? You know, well, what if I pray and it doesn't work? Well, what are you, you going to do? It's up to you, you know, whether you're going to walk in faith or you're going to quit, give up, turn coward, faint, lose heart, and walk away. And that's everything about hell. Hell wants to bludgeon you. And you have to turn it around on hell and decide to bludgeon back. I'm going to throw the first punch. I'm not going to wait to be assaulted. I'm going on the attack 24-7. And if you don't have an attitude to be on attack with your prayer life, then you're a wimp. I'm sorry. You haven't learned. You haven't been taught. Or either you're just lazy. I don't know what to tell you. Because Holy Ghost praying, <laughs> if you're praying by the Holy Ghost and by the power of the written word of God, there must be passion behind it. There must be relentless passion in the prayer room, in the prayer meeting, over the things of God. You're fighting for the souls of men and women for eternity. If you're lost and on your way to hell, what kind of people do you want praying for you? If you're on your way to hell, or your family's in total crisis and breakdown, what kind of prayer do you want offered on your behalf? Do you want some little prayer like they prayed over Brother Hagen and said, Lord, help him to, help, help him to know when it's his time to go? Lord, help him bear it like, like a man. You know, Lord, help him to get through this. And when, and when it's over, help him to accept your will. I mean, that's, that's religion. That is not the power of God. The power of God is like he anointed David to hasten towards the giant and take his and, and sling that stone and hit him in the head with accuracy and then jump up on that on that uh, on Goliath's body, take his sword and cut his head off. Now that's how we ought to pray. <laughs> we ought to be praying, I'm gonna take your head off. I'm going to take your head. Devil, you do this to my family. I'm going to assault you with everything that's in the word of God and in the, in the, that's written in the word of God. I'm going to assault you. you. You try to attack my young child. You try to attack my teenager. You try to attack my husband. Listen, there's so many prayers that it, when I learned to pray the word of God, this is from the woman that prayed. Kenneth Copeland hired a lady 30, 40 years ago by the name of Billy Adams and he paid her $1,000 a month to pray for the ministry and she went to the office and prayed five and six hours a day. And she's the one who actually learned how to pray the word of God and taught the rest of us. Terry Pearsons, a whole bunch of us, all had a, how to pray the word of God. And I traveled with her for almost two weeks one time, leading the praise and worship in her services for her. And every minute we were alone, she was telling me, pray this, pray over your kids, pray this over your husband, pray this over your ministry, pray this over your body. Pray. I mean, she told me, she taught me so many scriptures how to pray the word of God. You don't pray the word of God passively you don't pray the word of God with your trying to not you know uh, you, you want to keep your dignity I pray ugly 
You don't want to see me sometimes in prayer. I mean, you, if, it's like, I mean, if natural people saw you, and we should do all this in front of the world, you know, we shouldn't cast our pearls before swine. That's why we come into the wonderful atmosphere of a church and we have Monday night prayer meeting or Thursday night or Tuesday morning prayer meeting is because we're going, we're going to get serious. We're fighting for people's sanity, for their health, for their future, for their families. And it requires people of passion, people that have a sense of, I don't care what it costs me, I'm going to pray this thing through. It may cost me some sleep. It may cost me some time. It may cost me uh, changing my schedule. It may cost me some, some areas of life. But I am going to pray this thing through. And I'm not going to let hell have whatever we're praying for. You know? But it, it takes violent people. I mean, the, the, the gospel is assaulted, has been assaulted for centuries. People have tried to stop the, the gospel. It says, the kingdom of, of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. It costs people to, to keep this gospel going. Christianity, I read a little cartoon one time years ago. It says, Christianity used to not be a spectator sport. And it was, they was carrying a Christian out on a stretcher from, the, from being uh, sent up against the gladiators or the, the lions. Uh, you and I sit in the lap of luxury like the little clip Plaster played, played, played here this morning. Uh, from, is it Kaderil, Brother Kaderil? Uh, yeah. I mean, that man is fierce. I mean, there's a, there's a sense of, of fighting on behalf of heaven. And that's why we're here. We're not, we're not just here to be church attenders. We're not just here to sit here on, on these padded seats and, and say, amen, hallelujah, I just know my pastor loves me. <sighs> I mean, grow up. This is way more than somebody loves you. This is way more. The, the fact that God loves you ought to settle a whole lot of stuff for you. So it ought to help you be very, very fierce. And you're praying. And I want to tell you, practice at home, praying at times, yelling, having a good time, waving your arms. I mean, I, I've told you all the story. I got out one time my pots and pans and just beat the living daylights out of them to, to change my attitude, to get me going in the right direction. And so I want to encourage all of y'all. Uh, you know, you, you've got such great leadership here in your church, with, and, and y'all are just doing phenomenal things as a church in the local area and the influence that you have. But take your spiritual authority in the realm of the Spirit with your prayers. You know, if you're laying up in a hospital, even as a quadriplegic, and you can still move your mouth, pray. You doesn't mean you've lost your authority just because you had some accident or you're sick or ill or don't, you don't have any money in the bank. That doesn't stop praying. I mean, prayer should be something, should be a lifestyle, not an event. It should just be a constant communication, praying always, like the scripture says. And if you'll practice praying fiercely... Practice praying passionately. Practice in the sense of it's life and death. Brother Osteen taught us so well uh, there at Lakewood through those years. He he, when he'd have a prayer line, he and Dodie would be up here. And Dodie didn't want to come up in front of the people at any time to do anything. And Brother Osteen said, come up here, Dodie, and help me pray for these people. And she said, no, you go ahead. 
you know, she didn't want to get involved. And uh, she got to where she would pray, and he, she got to where she got over being, you know, uh, un, un, what do you want to try, you know, um, anyway, she got used to praying for people, <laughs> and, uh, and, she, and she wasn't hindered or, or held back in any way from doing that, and she got to where she was praying so loud over people, and she was rebuking cancer and rebuking this stuff off of them, and he was teasing her one service, and she, he said, Dodie, why do you have to pray so loud? She said, it sounds better. And I think that's really what happens. You know, you fake it till you make it. Instead of, you know, I've, I've prayed in every conceivable condition that I could ever have. I mean, I've gone to church emotionally in every, that's why Psalm 130, 120 and 1 through 135 is there. David's in every conceivable con emotional condition there is. And you still pray, you still show up, you still do your job. It's just like the natural job. They expect you to be there whether whatever. They want you there. And when you act like you're going to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and quit, hell knows that. There's a spirit with that. There's a spirit that goes along with it. But as I was saying, Brother Osteen would bring people up here, and he'd have people lined up, and he and Dodie would be praying for him. And he'd stand up and he'd say, Now I want you to pray over these people tonight like this is your mother. And he'd point to a gray-haired lady. He'd say, like this is your sister, a young girl. He said, I want you to pray like this is your child. He said, y'all don't just sit out there and stare at me. He said, you stretch your hands out towards these people, and you ask the Holy Ghost to help you pray with compassion, to help you pray with the power, of the Holy Ghost this isn't the part of the service where you check out he said this is the part of the service where you engage and I just I, you know we have to be people that we're engaged 24 7 you know uh, there's enough of us we ought to be able we can take a little time off from time to time the more of us there are but on the other hand hell never takes a holiday they never stop plotting and scheming against you and your family. And the thing they hate worse is somebody standing up and saying, we are well able, we can pray, we can get this done. Let's pray, let's pray. Now we don't put confidence in our flesh. We don't put any confidence in who we are in the natural. Uh, Paul said, you know, to this degree, he said, we are of the circumcision and we don't put any confidence in the flesh. The way we'd say that today, we're in the minister. We've even been Christians for 15, 20 years, but we still don't put any confidence in our flesh we put our confidence in the word of God in the name of Jesus in the promises of God and so that gives us the the fire like James chapter 5 I mean Elijah prayed fiery prayers praying fiery prayers the Holy Ghost fell with fire and wind that's how we ought to keep praying with the fire and with the wind and so don't ever discount that lift your voice pray I mean, bind, loose, command, declare. All of these things are given to us as tools to stop hell and to bring on. Uh, faith is two, two things, real quickly. Faith is two things. Faith says to the mountains that you don't want. That's Mark 11. And then faith says, like Romans chapter 4, we call in the things that be not. So faith, when you're going to use your faith, you're either calling in what you want or you're rebuking what you don't want. And in order to do that, you're going to have to stand in the gap as the intercessor and bring that to pass. Either, either calling it in or getting rid of it. You're the intercessor. 
You're the intercessor. You're the person that's going to make it come to pass. If anything's going to happen, it's going to be because we say, we pray, we stick with it. Amen? And I, I'm telling you, it's not for the faint of heart. If you're a coward, start praying. God will put, a, put courage in you. If you're lazy, God will put a courage in you if you'll start praying. If you'll start commanding. Just start with Psalm 119 and start praying that out loud over yourself. Preach it to yourself. It'll give you a love for the Word of God. Learn the Scriptures from the Word of God. Learn to pray the Word of God. Listen to what the ministry here tells you to do in prayer. And I mean, stop making this a religious event where you light candles and we have a special thing. Prayer should be a lifestyle. It ought to be what you're doing at home. You just come in here and do it corporately. And what you can't get prayed through at home, come in here on, on your prayer meetings and get it prayed through under the corporate anointing. If you're not having a breakthrough at home, come here and have the group pray with you and that corporate anointing will launch you into another level of intercessory prayer. I mean, don't discount the power of God on the inside of a Christian that knows how to pray. And what happens is so many people go to church, but they still don't know how to pray. They're still begging. They're still begging God. They're still a hoping and a praying. They're still turning coward and faint. Well, I didn't get it. Didn't seem like God wanted me to have it. No, it's just because you got lazy and quit. That's the bottom line of it all. Well, hallelujah. How does that help anybody tonight? That's okay. Whether you clap or not, I know I'm right. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You can't pray in tongues too much. You cannot take authority too little. I mean, when you walk in the grocery store, hell ought to know you're, ought to know you're there. When you walk in at work, hell ought to know you're there. I mean, you ought to be walking in and say, I'm taking authority over this whole cotton-picking place, and there's not one thing you can do about it, devil. I am here to stay. And while I'm here, anybody that needs help, God knows I can help them. Amen. We pray you were blessed by the message we were able to share with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to find out more about our ministry, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.